factor throw off Fitzpatrick. Throwing high into the air. Got it. Parker touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Wednesday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's Bills Week. We're going to hear from Coach Flores and his Wednesday presser, as well as the head coach in Buffalo and Sean McDermott. We'll talk to Solomon Kinley, Dolphins rookie right guard, in our Wednesday feature. Hear from some more Dolphins players on their Wednesday media availabilities and get you the first injury report of week number two. All of that and more on this Wednesday, September the 16th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And it is Wednesday, which is officially hump day, turn the page day in the NFL. And with that, we get to our first injury report of the week. For the Dolphins, both linebacker Kyle Van Noy and receiver Preston Williams were full participants in practice on Wednesday. Elandon Roberts was the lone DNP, did not practice. Clayton Fedulum, Jakeem Grant, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, and Devontae Parker all limited in Wednesday's practice. For the Buffalo Bills... Four players did not practice on Wednesday. Wide receiver John Brown and linebackers Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, and Delshawn Phillips. They also had two participants that were limited on Wednesday's practice. Another linebacker and Tyrell Dodson and quarterback Jake Fromm, the rookie. And one player was a full participant defensive tackle, Vernon Butler. So those are your Wednesday injury report updates. Let's go ahead now and get into Coach Brian Flores' press conference. And first, he was asked about the first game of the career of Tua Tungavailoa and what he saw from the rookie quarterback taking the game in on the sideline and processing the mental reps. Yeah, we talked about, you know, just the, the game and, um, you know, from the sideline, what he saw. And I think he's tried to play every play in his own mind. So uh, that experience was good. And it, look, it's a different atmosphere. It was a different atmosphere for everyone. Um, and no different for him. So it's his first, you know, game live look at a at a game um, from the sideline. And I thought he, I thought he, he he did well from that standpoint. Up next, coach was asked a question about corrections being made to the running game on the offensive side of the football from that Week One performance up in New England. Coach basically says it's Wednesday. It's time to turn the page. Time to look ahead to the Buffalo Bills. You know, my week. You know, we've kind of made all the corrections from the game. I'm sure you're talking about Sunday. Um, we made the corrections from those games. We kind of moved on to Buffalo. Um, that's where our, 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 our focus is. Um, you know, there were a lot of issues in the game. You know, we're trying to get them all corrected. And, you know, we're, we're going to go out and practice today and, uh, and try, to, try to make those corrections, you know, on the practice field. And, you know, we've moved on. And, um, you know, our focus is on, is, on, is on the Bills. And this is, you know, there's a lot to focus on there. I mean, they're a good team. Coach is not kidding. That Buffalo Bills team is deep at pretty much every spot on the football field. We'll see a tough challenge on Sunday, week two at Hard Rock Stadium. We'll preview the game on tomorrow's podcast. Up next, Coach was asked about the availability of Lynn Bowden Jr., the Dolphins traded for the receiver back before the season began. Here's Coach on Bowden Jr. I mean, he's been here two weeks, three weeks, somewhere in there. Uh, so uh, he's worked extremely hard. He's been meeting uh, one-on-one with, with Grizz, uh, trying to get caught up. Uh, but you know, let's say when you're a rookie, you're young. I mean, you, you need reps, uh, so we're trying to give him as many reps uh, in practice as possible. But you know, as far as getting caught up, um, you know, there's going to be, you know, I think, at best for a young guy in that situation, you know, a couple packages, a couple of things that you know he could feel comfortable doing, and then um, maybe you get him out there. But 
um, I'm not sure we're there yet, so we'll see. Up next, a few questions here for Coach regarding the Dolphins' cornerbacks, Jamal Perry, Nick Needham playing slot, playing perimeter, and he also had a question about Ken Webster, who is no longer on the Dolphins' practice squad. Uh, well, Ken, he had, a better, he had an opportunity to uh, uh, go to another team, and he, 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 he did that. We had a good conversation um, on that. We felt like it was best for him, and I, I support that decision. Nick Needham versus uh, Jamal Perry. Well, Nick's practiced well. Jamal's practiced well. You know, Nick spent a little bit more time on the perimeter uh, over the course of training camp. Jamal was more inside. Um, but, you know, we have a lot of uh, confidence in both guys. Obviously, they'll both go out there and practice, compete this week, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. And we saw plenty of offensive players get good workloads on Sunday's game, including Miles Gaskin and Matt Breida at the running back position. Up next, Coach was asked about the usage of the running backs, the usage of explosive players in the offense, and Coach talked about how this team, this offense, this entire operation is going to be game plan based when it comes to who plays more reps and who plays fewer reps on Sundays. But we're game plan specific, and you know the guys we feel like are you know give us the best chance to have a productive play or a productive series or or best in the situation, uh, those are the guys who are going to stick in the game. And that's offensively, defensively, in the kicking game. It's, it's really, you know, it's specific to the play, specific to the situation. And on Sunday, we saw cornerback Xavier Howard for the first time since week eight last season. The Dolphins' Pro Bowl cornerback played 27 snaps against the Patriots. Here's Coach Flores on the performance of his big-time cornerback. Uh, I think he came out, he came out well. It's good to get in there, get some, get some snaps. Um, it's been a while since he, play, he, he played. Uh, so he came out well, but he, he did some good things and we'll continue to uh, move him along and get him more reps this week and, and, and see, see how it goes. We'll get more into the weeds on this on tomorrow's podcast as we preview the Buffalo Bills roster and this matchup in Miami Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern. But here's Coach Flores talking about the Bills offense and the challenges they present with a good group of receivers and a good offense in general. Uh, receivers, backs, tight ends, O-line, um, Diggs, John Brown, Beasley, um, I mean, there, these are, this is probably as good a group as, you know, there is um, around the league. So um, this would be a great challenge for, for us, you know, as a defense um, to go along with, uh, you know, the quarterback and his ability to scramble, his ability to fire the ball down the field. Um, he was, he's, he's, he's been more accurate. Uh, you know, they pose a lot of issues. So um, we've got to do a great job with our communication. We've got to do a great job with our fundamentals technique. We've got to do a great job across the board to um, – to try to limit this offense, but they're good. And one former Buffalo Bill on the Dolphins offense is quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. Coach was asked about what makes him confident that Fitzpatrick bounces back and has a strong showing in week number two. I mean, he's a competitive player. Um, I mean, that's what makes me confident. Um, he's a competitor. He's, he's had success in this league. Um, he's bounced back before. And like you said, you know, hopefully this is, this is just, you know, played a tough game. I mean, I think everyone... Uh, feels like they could have played better, you know. Feels like they, it could it could have been better last week. So um, we just go back to the drawing board, um, go back to work, do a good job in the meetings and the walkthroughs and the practice, and try to uh, try to be better this week. And you know, that's Fitz. That's everyone else on the team as well. So um, myself included, I, I, I have confidence that he'll he'll he'll, he'll play well, and the, the entire team will will uh, will do everything they can to play well this week. From the offense to the defense, a 16-year veteran to a first-year player and rookie Brandon Jones. Here's Coach Flores on the performance of his safety, one of three safeties who played more than 35 snaps in that defense in the big nickel package. Three safeties in the field. Here is Coach on Brandon Jones. 
You know, I thought he, I thought he, you know, his first time out, I thought he played well. You know, I thought he tackled well. He showed uh, good speed. You know, a lot of things we saw in training camp. I mean, this kid's fast. He's uh, aggressive. He tackles well. Um, it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. There were some plays that well, I know he wishes he had back that we talked about on the sideline. I would say they were in some of the critical moments of the game. Uh, so um, hopefully we he, he learns from them. I mean, it's look, every play for these young guys, it's a learning experience. And when he comes out and plays a little bit better uh, this, this, this next week. And we saw Jerome Baker's big strip in that game kind of change the tide of that game for a moment. There was a play earlier in the game where Kamu Grugier-Hill tried punching the ball out at the line of scrimmage. Coach was asked about the coaching point with regards to trying to tackle the guy, trying to get the football out, and how much that risk versus reward weighs on the decision. I think that's something that's talked about um, extensively really on every team. Uh, you want to tackle well. You want to get them on the ground. There are opportunities. Um, if there's an opportunity to knock the ball off, um, when to take those opportunities. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, you know, for anyone who's played, it's, you know, do I try to knock it out? Do I make the tackle? If I knock it out, I don't knock it out and miss the tackle, then I'm going to get yelled at. If I, if I uh, knock it out, then I'm, you know, everyone's favorite player. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, that's kind of the conundrum every player's in. Um, at the end of the day, uh, we got to be a good tackling team. We got to try to limit yards. We want to try to force turnovers. Um, and, you know, the good, some good, some players more than others have a knack for when that opportunity presents itself and they take advantage of it when they, when it, when they, uh, when it does present itself. So uh, we've got to, um, and we practice it every day and we try to show them in, uh, instances where that, those opportunities present, present themselves and when to try to take advantage. And, you know, hopefully we, we, we get some opportunities to do that and uh, we can knock the ball off a couple guys. And we wrap it up with a question about Jakeem Grant and whether or not he needs specific packages to get himself involved in the game plan. Coach says, nope, he's a receiver, just like the other receivers in the room. They're all the same position. Yeah, I mean, he's a receiver. You know, receivers, they got to really get, get good releases. They got to do a good job um, with their route technique. They got to do a good job on the top, at the top of the route. They've got to recognize coverages. You know, is it man? Is it zone? Um so, I mean, there's no you know, package. A receiver is a receiver is, is a receiver. Uh, some guys are, you know, Jakeem's an explosive guy. So you want to, you know, I want to try to, you know, get him on some uh, things where he's on the move and can, and can make people miss. So, um, but yeah, we see him as a receiver. Um, that's his, that's his position. He's a receiver. He's a returner. No, no package. I mean, just, we just run the plays. And, you know, if it's a post, he's running a post. If it's a slant, he's running a slant. If it's an out route, he's running an out route. And, you know, if he's open, we try to get it to him. So there you go, Coach Flores' Wednesday morning media availability. We'll hear again from him on Thursday and Friday. And also on Wednesdays, we get the conference call with the opposing coach every single week. Let's go ahead and get some answers here from Coach Sean McDermott up in Buffalo. And Coach first starts by talking about preparing for Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Dolphins quarterback, and the rest of this Miami offense. Well, he's super, uh, super talented, uh, you know, tremendous ability, and he is. I mean, he's as good as there is out there. Um, and we have a lot of respect for Ryan. So, um, you know, it's, it's just uh, we got to prepare for a good Miami Dolphins football team on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, in particular, Ryan uh, does a great job, and then they've got – they've added pieces up front. They've uh, added pieces to the, to the weaponry, if you will, that he has at his disposal. Tight end does a really good job, you know, uh, long and everything. So uh, that was a really close game last week, and – and uh, we expect a very good challenge from a good uh, and well-coached Dolphins team. 
We heard earlier during Brian Flores' media availability from Joe Shab of the Palm Beach Post about the emphasis on trying to force fumbles. The Bills had a couple of fumbles in their game on Sunday. Two from quarterback Josh Allen. Here's Sean McDermott on the importance of fundamentals and ball security on the offense. Well, it's a fundamental, right? And whether it's a running back carrying the ball or, or anyone, in this case, Josh, carrying the ball, we've got to be better with our fundamentals. Uh, you know, ball security in this case, blocking, tackling, throwing, catching. Uh, so we've got a lot of work to do in that regard. And uh, and Josh Josh takes ownership of it. He's aware of it. As, as you know, you've seen his, his quotes. So, uh, you know, I appreciate his his workmanlike effort around that. Next, McDermott was asked about the similarities in game plan from week one, seeing what the Patriots did against the Dolphins compared to what they might do. He talks about how each week is its own game plan. Each week is its own separate entity. And he finishes here with this comment about the Dolphins defense. You know, we'll just see how, how uh, we match up against a very good defense. You know, they've added and put a lot of money into this defense and this football team. Um, you know, so it's, it'll be a big challenge for us, honestly, John. Up next, we got McDermott's take on running the football, his team's performance in that area in week one, and how they can look to improve going forward the rest of the season. Well, I think it's a mindset, right? And, and that's where it all starts. And playing well at the line of scrimmage uh, is important. As you know, we've talked about that uh, many times over, and, and that's, where, that's where it starts. Uh, we've got to play well up front on both sides of the ball, and then uh, when the holes are there, uh, the backs have to hit them. Uh, so it's it's never just one person or one position. It's it's all of us, starting with me, and I've got to do a better job. Flipping back to the Dolphins here and the other side of the football, you heard earlier that McDermott talked about the Dolphins' commitment to the cornerback position financially with Byron Jones spending a first-round draft pick on Noah Igbenogany. Here is Sean McDermott on the Dolphins' cornerbacks and the challenges they present. Well, they did a pretty good job of shutting down New England last week, just in terms of uh, with their with their coverage and their personnel and, and their schemes. Um, you know, so they're a, they're a tough opponent. I mean, it was a you know close game to the very end there, and um, so we see that on film. That that's uh, that'll be no surprise to us on Sunday in terms of their ability, and the amount of investment they've made on that side of the ball, in particular to your question. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to come up with a good week of practice and, and a good game plan, and then execute at a high level. Um, when we go down there. The reporter asked a follow-up question, which we are going to cover extensively on tomorrow's preview podcast about the Bills receivers against the Dolphins cornerbacks and a strength-on-strength, a good-on-good, a best-on-best battle. Yeah, I mean, you know, this the, the level of competition that they, that they present to us um, in terms of uh, their skill level. And again, they went out and got the corners that they did uh, for a reason, right? And, and then Got Shaq down there, and Shaq's a really good football player who we love and have a lot of respect for and appreciation for. Um, so, they, again, they're, they're a very good opponent, well-coached. Brian does a great job, and, and their coordinators as well. So Danny Crossman also, you know, so a lot of respect for those guys with the coaching staff, the players. Um, and it's going to be a tough, tough challenge for us. Another element touched on here in this press conference that I have in tomorrow's preview piece as well as podcast, talking about the Bills' usage of four wide receivers, which they ran more in week one than they did in 2019 combined through 16 games. Here's McDermott on four wide sets. I would just say that we're trying to do what it takes to win. Um, you know, philosophically, we, we believe in a certain philosophy. Uh, overall, game, game plan to game plan. You know, it will vary just based on uh, how we feel like is, is uh, and what we feel like is right for us that week based on who we have available to us and, uh, and the different schemes and things. So 
uh, without getting too, too, too into the weeds on it, Marcel, I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're going to do our best to put our players in the position to be successful, uh, whatever that entails and on a week-to-week basis in this game. And a couple more here for Sean McDermott, Buffalo Bills head coach, including this one about the Dolphins' backfield, in which coach was asked about preparing for backs like Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, and Miles Gaskin. Yeah, they're they're a good good core of running backs. Uh, each of, each of them um, have their own abilities, and uh, you know I think Coach Gailey does a really good job of, of rotating those guys, and um, and so you know that's that's a good running 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 group right there that bring a lot to the table and. Uh, it'll be a challenge for us on defense just to just to try and you know, create a point of attack because uh, they're so powerful, so fast, and um, you know it's a good offensive line. And we will finish up with one question here from Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald asking Coach McDermott about the Dolphins' rookies he saw in their debuts on Sunday in New England. Yeah, I would say all of them. Honestly, um, you know, there's quite a few players on that roster that um, um, I thought did a good job in the game and played at a high level and um, look like they've been in the league for a long time, honestly. So uh, that just adds to, to their roster and their team and who they have. And um, again, another reason why we've got to have a good week of practice this week as we prepare up here. And so there you go, the first day of preparations on the practice field, at least, with the Dolphins and Bills back at it on Wednesday for the Week 2 game Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium. It is Wednesday. That means we're doing coach media, player media at the end, and we'll go ahead and sandwich this in the middle here with our Wednesday feature. We've got Dolphins rookie offensive lineman Solomon Kinley. Let's go ahead and welcome in Big Solomon. And joining me now on the Drive Time podcast is Dolphins offensive lineman Solomon Kinley. Solomon, how you doing, man? I'm good. What about you? Not too bad. I can't complain. Looking forward to another game. And on that topic, how was it making your NFL debut on Sunday? Oh, man, it was great. It was, I'm blessed for the opportunity, man. Uh, one of the best feelings a dream come true. I've been dreaming about playing the NFL since I was a toddler. So, you know, me getting my first my first shot at the NFL, then starting, it was like, oh, man, I, I finally put enough work, but now it's time to work harder. Absolutely, getting ready to work hard for week two against the Buffalo Bills. And every time we talk to a coach or a player about you, Solomon, they always seem to mention the size, but also the athletic ability you have to go with that size. I'm curious, when it comes to trash talk in the trenches, have you ever gotten like a great big guy joke or like something like that that made you laugh? I won't say I have got any in the trenches or anything, but like my teammates for any team I play for, it's always... Because you know, growing up, I'm a good basketball. I was, I was a good basketball player. I said was. As a matter of fact, I am a good basketball player. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. And uh, then uh, I was a lifeguard growing up. So everybody would be saying, "Nah, you can't play basketball. Nah, you can't swim." So you know, I have to show everybody up, and that and that just be funny all the time. And then from now on, like they see me swim, they be like, "Okay, yeah, he really is the big fish, or yeah, he really can play basketball." Like. We'll go play five on five. I'm probably one of the first ones to get picked up, you know, so that'd be very funny. I want to come back to the big fish and the, and the lifeguard experience with you real quick here, Solomon. But first, I want to ask you, we had the Miami Heat last night take down game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Are you all in on the Heat bandwagon? Um, No, I, I'm see, I'm not going to lie. I like, I like the Heat growing up. I look at the Heat and everything, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it real with you. I love LeBron. I've been rocking with LeBron since I was yay, yay high, so... I'm a LeBron fan. Wherever LeBron goes, I'm going with LeBron. I'll tell you, man, my own experience, like every time LeBron's in a game, it's just on 10 meters higher to me. Don't you agree? Yeah, 
yeah, no doubt, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, he's the best man. Let's let's go ahead and go from the hardwood back to the swimming pool or or wherever the heck you get in the water around here. I know South Florida's got a bunch of spots you can swim. Not in lakes or ponds though, because I heard there's some different creatures out there. You did talk about Solomon. I, th- I th- it might have been you, might have been Robert Hunt. I think it was on Twitter back when you guys first got here talking about how there's all kinds of wildlife down here, but you're from Florida, so you kind of know, right? Well, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, growing up, my whole dad's side of my family is from Miami, Florida, so from like the age of four to like the age of 14, I was down here every summer, so I'm pretty much 50-50, 50 Miami, 50 from Jacksonville. Have you ever had a run-in with a gator or anything crazy in the water like that? Oh, man, I could tell you a crazy story. I mean, one time, uh, I'm down here for the summer at my auntie's house. Uh, where Every time I come down here, I stay with her. And um, she tells me to go to the backyard and grab a mango. And this one, I was very young. Like, she had a mango tree. This one, like, she had, like, two, three mango trees back there. So, you know, mangoes was, like, the number one fruit for the breakfast every day because all we had to do was go to the backyard and pick it off the tree. So uh, my very first time, she told me to go pick a mango off the tree. So... I go to the backyard. I go to pick a mango out of the tree. So I turn my, uh, I, my, I was facing the tree at first, and I pick one of them. And like I said, I'm young, so I don't know how this is supposed to look. All any, anytime I see them, I just see them un, they like unpeeled. They look great. I just eat them. So this time, my first time seeing them, so it was a very black one. And you know, the black ones, they are, them are the rotten ones, the not good ones. So uh, I was facing the tree. I picked the, uh, I picked the uh, mango off the tree, and I turned around. And I yelled my auntie's name. I said, Auntie Sean, come outside. And she came outside. I said, Auntie, is this, is this a great mango? She's like, yeah, boy, no, it's black. So I promise you, as soon as I turned back around to the tree, one of the biggest iguanas was in my face. <laughs> when I say I almost, like, died and had a heart attack, I say I'm never picking up a mango off a mango tree again. <laughs> it's one of those situations, like, where I think elephants are afraid of mice. Was it kind of, like, weird to you? Like, man, that thing is <laughs> half my size, but... <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> oh man, I saw one my first day down here. I saw one in the park, and I couldn't believe it, it was the size of my leg. Man, those things are crazy. Yeah, now I'm used to them now. Cause I see them all the time. I be having them in my backyard. My dogs be chasing them. Now, okay, but I'm a little more afraid of what's in the water, and maybe you're not because, like you said, you can flat out swim. Can you just talk to us a little bit about how you became a lifeguard? Like, what made you decide to to take that career path, quote unquote, as a as a child? See, growing up, um, I really couldn't play football at a young age because, you know, that's back then they didn't have the unlimited weight league. So my thing was I want to do something. My mom was always active because she always had to work. So when she's gone, you got to find something to do at the house because you're not just going to sit around. That's, that's how we that's how we, went, that's how we was raised. So every time I used to go to the pool, it was a local pool every summer. I used to go to it. And, like, I always was a great swimmer. I forgot the man name that taught me how to swim. I, it was like he was he was like a, a genie. He taught me how to swim for like a month or two. All my brothers how to swim, and we never seen him again. I promise you, like we never seen him again. I don't know this man that to this day. And I like if I can find him, I thank him and everything. But um, like I said, growing up during the summer, we never could uh, we never I, I couldn't play football. My brothers didn't be playing football. So after football season, you know, everybody's hot, so you gotta get in the pool so we learn how to swim. And then growing up, my cousins. That was on. That was learn how to swim. They also started being a lifeguard. So okay, I'm like, okay, you can get paid for doing something, just working out a pool, cleaning the pool, not doing nothing. And I love the water because I'm from Florida. So I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna do this for now on. So during that time, I was on the swim team. Uh, was on the swim team, and as I got to age, 
to be able to pay for my own school clothes, my own school shoes to take so my mom could take so take the snack off my mom back for my sisters and brothers and everything. So that's what I started doing. Now, was the mystery man the one that gave you the nickname the big fish? No, he didn't. No, I'm no, no, he didn't give me that name. Who was it? Uh, I can't remember. I know somebody. They all, I, you know, pretty much they all. I don't know who actually gave me the name, but a lot of people always just say that because me, I was the size I am, and me going in the pool. Now, now there was a story I recall with, I think it was uh, Kirby Smart had had like a get together at his cabin or something and all the Georgia football players were out there and, and someone got themselves into some trouble in the water and you went and saved them. Can you tell us that story? Oh yeah, we was at uh, Coach Smart Lake House and um, we was on a boat, we was on the, uh, I forgot what the thing was, but it's like one of those things you can be on the back of it and like you just sail on the back of it as you like, you know, as the boat is moving. And this is my running back, that uh, Brian Henry, that played for the uh, the, uh, the Denver, not Denver, we played for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, he played for the uh, Cleveland Browns, and um, he didn't know how to swim, and he had a life jacket. I was like, "Come on, Brian, bro, I promise you." It was like he had to test the water out in the shallow end at, on the lake house, and he was like, "Okay, I see, I can't go on to work. I got a life jacket on." So you know, he wanted to have fun. What else? How we was having fun? So we was having fun. He got on the back of it uh, with somebody. And eventually, he fell off the tube. And once he fell off the tube, you know, the big old boat, it don't have any brakes. So Coach Smart got to go way, turn around in the whole circle. At first, when he's turning, you know, the jets from the boat, is the water is going into Brian's face. So that, he immediately snapped into a panic attack. So as he's panicking because the water is going to his face, he's like, oh, my God. Like, he's going up, going down, up and down. And I jumped in, I grabbed him, and I uh, sat right there to the boat turned around. It was so funny afterwards, though. One of those things that's terrifying in the moment, but a great story afterwards. That's, that's a, a great story there, Solomon. On the topic of college football, I'm always curious to get this take. What's the craziest college atmosphere you ever played in? Oh, let me see. See, my, my cra- I have a few crazy ones. My first one, my first one was, when my very first time playing in a college football game, we played in Notre Dame in that historical city, historical stadium, and all that type of stuff. And um, the week before, I didn't play because I think I had got injured, hurt my foot, or something like that. And uh, I didn't start. And my coach wanted to see how I do in warm ups, see how I react. I sit on the bench, you know, just chilling for a while. And then eventually, I messed around. And uh, he called my name. He said, "Hey, Solomon, you're in the game." He called my name about three times, and as he called my name. Turning around, looking looking for another Solomon because I'm so nervous to get in the game. And uh, eventually, once I get in the game, the rest was history. It was like the bright lights and like I think that was one of the. I think the stadium was packed out. It was so crazy. It was so much noise. And uh, my receiver Terry God went caught with a one hand pass and played with those historical running backs on themselves, Nick Chubb. And uh, that was my very first college game. I was like, yeah, this one of the, the best uh, I ever best experience I ever had in college football or football period. Yeah, playing in the SEC, especially in the SEC West, you're going to get a bunch of really packed houses and crazy football fans down there, so that's definitely a good time, I'm sure, for you guys. Now that you're a professional, I'm curious, obviously you guys developed camaraderie across the entire offensive line, but has there been one guy so far with the Dolphins here that you guys have kind of bonded and become like really close friends? Uh, I got a few. Um, uh, you know, SEC guys, uh, Raquan Davis, he's on the defensive line. Um, Robert Hunt, uh, that's my boy. Austin Jackson, that's my boy. Um, 
and Jordan Howard, the running back. You know, I'm really cool with Jordan. Then, you know, Isaiah Ford, he's from Jacksonville, Florida. I played against him. I played with him, AAU basketball, all this that type, that type of stuff. And uh, those guys, like, I, I'm, I'm one of the guys to get the team going, the energy type of guy. So, you know, I really run. I miss. I love everybody. I love all my teammates. And, you know, I just collab and join with everybody. So that might answer my next question. If you guys, in a normal year, when we can go back out in public and do things, would you be picking the restaurant if you guys all went to dinner? See, that's like you. you everybody would be surprised. I really, I really wouldn't because I don't. I'm a big guy, and the food that I eat, I eat a lot of it, obviously. But I don't eat a lot of food, though. Like <laughs> variety, like different kind of food. I don't eat a lot of. So I have to tell somebody have to tell me where to go. All right, Solomon. Appreciate your time today, man. That's all I've got for you. Uh, best of luck this week against the Bills, and good job on the debut on Sunday against the Patriots. Uh, it was fun to watch you play out there. Thank you. And there he goes, Solomon Kinley, Dolphins rookie offensive lineman, made his NFL debut on Sunday. Let's go ahead and talk to another player who did not make his debut. He made his first start of his 16th season in the National Football League, quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, who met with the media on Wednesday and was first asked, how nice is it to get back on the practice field after a performance that maybe you didn't love so much the previous week? Uh, yeah, I mean, the best, the best medicine for a performance like that is getting back on the practice field and getting back out there. So today... It was a great day for us, just new opponent, new week, starting fresh, uh, just getting into the preparation. But, uh, you know, obviously you don't want to have weeks like I had last week, and, you know, that can't happen if we're going to win football games. So just put everything I have into this week and move on. And for me and the roller coaster I've been on, I have a, I have an easy way of putting things like that behind me and moving on. This next question led to a great answer by Fitz talking about the differences between man and zone coverage, the knowing when you can approach different routes, different players, different coverages. Here's Fitz talking about the difference in the coverage and how he approaches attacking defenses. Uh, I mean, every, every week is different. New England's such a big man team. Uh, so a lot of times it's, you know, who's going to win the one-on-one -on -one matchup, really. And, and so in a, in a zone when you play against a zone defense, sometimes the progression comes in a little bit more in, in that regard. If you're reading top down or left to right or, and so, um, you know, some of it was just me not making the, either the right throw or picking the right matchup. Um, but just, just stuff that I need to get better at. And, you know, for me, um, knowing that there's things that I need to do to improve, I think I can get those done and I think we'll be in a better spot this week. Yeah, I mean, the great thing with uh, Chan and, you know, the way that this system works is it's really you try to figure out each week the best way to attack a defense. And, um, you know, he's very, very multiple in what he can do. So um, sometimes it'll evolve week to week. Sometimes it'll look the same. But uh, I think we felt very comfortable going into the game with the plan that we had. I think guys did a good job of understanding what we're trying to get done. And we just got to do a better job of going out there and executing it. But so far, so good this week. Great day of practice today. Just, you know, it wasn't perfect, but in terms of the intensity and the way that we practiced and starting to understand and digest a little bit how we're going to attack the Bills. But each each week is definitely different. And, uh, you know, one of Chan's strengths is being able to change it up team to team and make it easy on our guys mentally.
Hey, Fitz, kind of wanted to go off of a couple of questions you answered already. You talked about the challenges of going between a man and zone defense and also how you want to best approach, you know, each week's opponent. This Buffalo Bills defense has a couple of guys that really just get ball production and Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, and Tredavious White. How is your approach going up against those guys and maybe more of a zone-based defense? This defense is just very multiple in what they do. They can do a lot of different things, but um, yeah, I mean, you look at some of that stuff, Micah Hyde, definitely a ball hawk. You put it anywhere close to him, he's going to catch it. Uh, Tredavious White, obviously having a little bit of experience playing against him. Um, you know, he, he does a great job and was rewarded for that. Uh, he's, he's a tough guy, tough matchup. Um, but at, at the same time, you know, there are certain things when we're going, we've got to play to our strengths too. And, you know, we've got to rely on our guys to go out there and make plays and put them in good positions. So, um, you know, each week is a different challenge. They definitely have a very good, fast, experienced defense and what they're, you know, everybody understanding what they're trying to get done. And so it's, it's funny every week, this is a, a lot different looking defense than uh, New England's was, but in terms of productivity, these, these guys are really tough to play against as well. So it'll be a good challenge for them. We're going to go ahead and go over to the other side of the football here, the Dolphins defense, and first hear from Shaq Lawson. We'll get Kyle Van Noy next, but Shaq Lawson starts off here first talking about the run defense and how it's got to get better. I was hard on myself, and you know, um, as a leader, it, 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 as, a, as a defensive line, period, it starts up front, and all the guys in the D-line, we took full responsibility of, of that for not stopping the run, so I just hold ourselves accountable, and we just got to continue to do better, and Stop it! Stop it this week, cause that's what that's what the NFL wants to try to do is start with the run and things like that. Hey, Shaq. My question's about the challenges of the zone read and what that presents as your, their quarterback kind of reads you on that play. How different is your approach defending the run against the zone read uh, opposed to a team that maybe has more of a traditional drop back passer and traditional running game? Uh, it's basically depend on a defense we run at that time. People got different responsibility on the zone read, so it, it really depend on the call. But, you know, zone read, it's been around for a minute. It's, it's, it's a college play. Uh, it's, they're bringing it back in the league. You know, successful uh, mobile quarterbacks do the zone read. Right? So, you, ooh, you just got to defend it in the right way. And we got to get 11 hats to the ball. Up next here, we're going to hear Shaq talk about the Bills offensive lineman, his familiarity with them, and how that might help him prepare this week for a team he knows so well. Oh, uh, no, nah, like you said, man, I, I'm – I know a lot of these guys. I've seen them play. I was with them every day um, and things like that. So, I mean, you know, everybody got a, a weakness to their games and stuff. So, uh, I'll just, just help them. Those guys, our guys on stuff that we need to help us to see the stuff that I can remember those guys is doing and how how those guys block, you know, and things like that. But, Man, at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's going to be a great matchup because it's a great D-line versus a great O-line. And we go ahead and finish up here with Shaq talking about how difficult it is to rush the passer when the team you're going up against has so much success on the ground and how it might affect you mentally as you prepare for every snap, not knowing if the run or the pass is coming. And yeah, it do. It do because, I mean, you're not getting in that, that world, that drop back zone, uh, drop back, make them the pass. So, yeah, that was kind of frustrating, but that, that's how the league started, man. Each offensive coordinator in the NFL was always want to do is start the game off by running, and but basically trying to got to make them one dimensional, man. Get them in the air. So 
it's it's a big part of stopping the run. You got to you got to take pride in it. It's basically somebody running up your gap. So at the last week performance, I took pride in it and I, I put that on me. Uh, put that on me. I ain't do my part and things like that. But this week I definitely do better. And let's go ahead and make it short and sweet here with Kyle Van Noy with one question from yours truly. Hey Kyle, it's good to see you, man. Uh, my question is about the challenges that presented by the zone read on the offensive side. As you're trying to kind of read your keys, how much can that little delay as the quarterback rides that mesh point out impact your ability to make those reads of those keys? That's a good question, Travis. Um, obviously, everyone thinks they're a football coach nowadays and uh, thinks they know what your assignment is, but um, I, I was playing my assignment, taking my responsibility away in the game. Uh, obviously it switches depending on what play they're running and, you know, just was trying to do my best. And I think the more and more we go over it in practice and the guys get on the same page, the more and more we'll get better at it. Uh, Cam Newton had a little success. Um, and I feel like we took it away, but then uh, there were other runs that he started to create a little bit more. So hopefully we can limit those this week against Josh Allen. Cause we know that they're going to probably uh, do it because it was successful against us. So we got to do a better job as a group. I got to do a better job, and hopefully we can get this uh, QB run taken care of. All right, there you go. Kyle Van Noy, Shaq Lawson, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Solomon Kinley, Sean McDermott, Brian Flores. Plenty of content on this Wednesday hump day edition of the Drive Time Podcast. We're going to come back tomorrow and preview this game. Plenty of good notes, nuggets, and news on Dolphins and Bills. In the meantime, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Go ahead and leave us a rating, leave us a review. I know there are more than 550 of you out there. That's how many reviews we have. Go ahead and leave us one if you love the podcast. Also, give me a follow on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible podcast. We're going to have Seth and Juice on drive time later this week. And, of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.